All right, First Peter, chapter 1 your Bible, we're going to look at verses 5 through 11. Before we go there, if you look at any uh, particular work or craft or hobby in life, whether it be sports or whether it be music or whether it be business, you look at people who are successful in those fields, you look at people who have, uh, are, I guess, the leaders in those fields, and you see that where they started and where they are now did not just happen overnight. There was a lot of hard work. There was a lot of dedication. There was a lot of growing. They were taking the next step and the next step and the next step to get where they wanted to be. I think of sports. I love sports. I think of, it comes in my mind, you know, hate, love him or hate him, but I think of Tom Brady who's going to play in his eighth Super Bowl next week. And I look at a guy like Tom Brady who Picked way down in the draft, and if you look from where he was to where he is now, trying to win his sixth Super Bowl, and you look at a guy who has really grown in his career, he has taken the the steps necessary to be the success that he is in his field. And he takes it very seriously from extreme workouts to diets where he eats 80% of his meals or vegetables, and everything he has, he gives everything he has into growing and to better himself for a sport. You look at musicians. And man, I look at the piano or Miss Amy or Miss Delam playing the piano and I cannot even begin to think of how you can play an instrument or how you can do it. I'm horrible at that stuff. I thought I could play the chopsticks, but Catherine told me I was doing that wrong also. So I cannot do anything with music. But I think of musicians and I think of how the work they put in, the dedication, how they grow, how they're taking the next step. They're learning, they're studying, they're striving to be the best they can be in their field. You look at businessmen, successful businessmen or businesswomen, and you look and you read their biographies and the hard work and how they, uh, how they worked up from nothing to where they are now and the steps that they took necessary to get there. And then I look at our Christian life. If it's so important for an athlete or for a musician or for a business person to grow in, to, uh, in their career or their hobby or their craft or whatever you want to call it, how more important is for us as Christians to be growing in our faith? to be taking the steps necessary to strengthen our walk with God and to be mature Christians. And that's what I love about first or second Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 11. We constantly need to be growing in our Christian life, growing in grace, taking the next step and strengthening our relationship with God. Amen. And my favorite part about this chapter and these verses we're going to look at is Peter lists several virtues, if you want to call it that, as Christians will help us grow and help us take that next step. And again, I reiterate, you must be here this morning, you must be in church on Sunday morning because you're looking to grow. You don't want to stay, hey, I'm saved, and maybe you've been saved, like I said, for a long time, or you're newly saved. You don't just want to stay there. You want to grow in grace and grow and be a mature Christian that's effective for the Lord's work. If you look at 1 Peter in uh, chapter 1, verse number 5, notice this, a disclaimer. And besides this, the Bible says, giving all diligence, add to your faith. You stop right there. You see, before we can take the next step this morning, you have to take the first step. Peter says, add to your faith. Faith is the foundation that we build our Christian lives on, a faith in Jesus Christ. You might be here this morning and you say, I know that there's a God out there and I, I believe in God and I know there's maybe a higher being or there's something out there, but I've never taken the time to put my faith in Jesus Christ. I've never bowed my head and closed my eyes and accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and confessed my sins and put my faith in him. 
Now, can I tell you this morning, that's the first step. Before you take the next step, before you grow in grace, that's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Realizing that he died on that cross for your sins and he loves you and he wants to save you and give you a home in heaven when you die. Then I plead with you this morning, if you've never done that, if you've never made that decision, if you're not sure, if you're not 100% sure that Jesus Christ is in your heart and you have put your faith in him and you have a home in heaven when you die, then I plead with you this morning, don't leave here before you get that settled. Don't leave here before you get that settled. It's not complicated. It's not, it's not something that you have to study and research for years. Jesus makes it very simple for how we can put our faith in him. And if that's you this morning, I plead with you, get that settled. And I plead with you in the next few minutes, think on that and we'll come back to it. But notice also that Peter says, add to your faith. And then he begins to list these virtues. Now, can I remind you before we go into these things this morning that a commentator And I wrote this down because I thought it was great, but he says, true John Gill, true virtue and growth in the Christian life is not polishing human qualities. So what we're going to look at this morning, we're not just good things to make a good person that we just got to work at and polish at. No, no matter how fine they may, may, may be, but rather producing divine qualities that make the person more like Jesus Christ. That's the goal this morning, Christian, is becoming more like Jesus Christ and strengthening our relationship with him. Notice the first thing that Peter lists there. He says, add to your faith. Remember, faith is the foundation that we grow on, that we build our lives on. And he says, number one, add to your faith, virtue. Virtue. Now, virtue in this passage can be defined, and at least me studying it and and looking at the context that Peter writes it here, it can be defined as a moral excellence. A moral excellence. He says, add to your faith virtue, a moral excellence. So what does that mean, Brother Zach? It does not take a genius to look around at our world, to look at our country, and to look at our society and realize that the morality in our world is degrading and is is going down at a very rapid pace. Things that our kids and our teenagers are exposed to at such an early age are things that when you were kids you never even knew of until you were older or adults, most of you. And the morality in our country is sinking and going down fast and Satan is doing everything he can to bring the morality of our country to an all-time low. And that's why it is so important as Peter says, hey, you want to grow in grace, you want to be mature as a Christian, you want to take the next step, you must strive to have virtue, have a moral excellence. Excellence is a term to push or encourage us to go as high as we can go. Let me ask you this morning, Christian, how are your speech and your actions and your decisions throughout the week? Are they pure? Are they holy? Are they morally excellent? Do we have a heart and an appetite for the things that are virtuous and excellent? Purity, holy, Moral excellence, things that I'm afraid in Christianity today are so foreign to us and so far away because our morality, not only in our country, but it's sad to say in our churches, is going down. And Peter says, hey, you want to be a mature Christian? You want to grow in grace? You want to take the next step? Then you need to strive to be morally excellent. First Peter chapter 1, verse 16, the Bible says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Jesus is saying, holy, perfection. He's not expecting you to be perfect. No one is perfect here this morning. We all fail. We all make mistakes. But God is looking for someone who can decide 
in their life, hey, I'm going to strive with everything I can in my words, in my decisions, in my actions, in my thoughts, in my choices, and everything I do to be pure and holy and to honor God. That is the sign of a mature Christian. That is a sign of a Christian who is growing in grace. And interesting that Peter lists that as the first thing to build on our faith. He says, add to your faith virtue. If you're in 2 Peter chapter 1, notice the second thing. He says, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. Now, it's interesting because you look at that word knowledge and think, oh, just knowing things and gathering facts and all that. But knowledge in the Bible has a, is a different perspective, a different definition. For example, if I want to be smarter or gather facts, okay, 4 plus 4 equals 8. All right, I know that. I'm gathering facts. That's making me smarter. That's making me have more knowledge. That's not what Peter's talking about. He's talking about, let me read it here for you. But gaining of knowledge isn't gathering of facts like a computer, but rather the gathering of godly truth for your self-betterment. Knowledge is going and looking and gleaning truth from the word of God and applying those to your life to make you a better person and a better Christian. Looking at what the scripture says where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a hard one. Hey, turn the other cheek. Hey, forgive. Hey, be ye kind one to another. Hey, show love. Looking at the Bible and gleaning these truths and applying them to your life because that's the part of you that's going to last forever. So when Peter says, add knowledge, he's not talking about facts to become a smarter, more intellectual person. He's saying, get in the Bible. Get to know God. Get to know what God says. Develop and strengthen a relationship with him. That's the sign of a growing Christian. That's the sign of a Christian who's taking the next step, getting in, their, getting in the word of God. I challenge you this morning, get in the word of God and get to know truth on your own. But hey, if you're here and you come on Sunday mornings, I challenge you to come Wednesday nights to our church where our pastor goes verse by verse and it breaks down truths from the Bible and helps you grow and helps you gain knowledge of the scriptures. Do things in your life that are going to help you know the Bible more for your self-betterment. Learn to know what the Bible is saying. Learn to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the sign of a mature, growing Christian. Moving along here, he says, number one, add to your faith virtue a moral excellence. He says, add to your virtue knowledge. And don't notice this in verse 6, and he says, and to knowledge, temperance. Now, many of us, when we see that word temperance, our mind immediately goes to maybe um, being sober or alcohol or things of that nature, and it can mean that, it can have that definition. But here in the Bible, when, I, when you read that and you study the context of what Peter's saying, in my opinion, he's talking about a spiritual discipline. Temperance is spiritual discipline. Now, I told you this morning at the beginning, this is biblical truth. If you're not paying attention, this can go over your head. This is, this is meaty stuff. This is maybe stuff we would preach this Sunday night. But if you're here and you're serious about growing in grace and taking the next step in your life, it's important you grasp onto these things. He says temperance is a spiritual discipline. That means the spiritual discipline to make sure that God is the preeminence in your life. God is number one at the throne of your heart. You see, this morning, it could be a sin that you struggle with, a besetting sin that controls your thoughts that you're, you feel in bondage to, and man, if that is number one in your life, and you need to ask God for forgiveness and help to overcome it, and strive to make sure that Jesus Christ and your relationship with him is the preeminence in your life. But on the flip side of it, if you look, spiritual discipline is not just talking about getting sin out of the way so Christ can be number one, but there's things in this world that aren't wrong. But if they're number one in our life, we're not showing temperance. We're not showing the sign of a mature Christian. For example, and I'll go back to sports because that's what I love. 
But I'm a, uh, you know, I love sports. I love baseball. I'm a New York Yankee fan. Nothing sinful or wrong with that. At least maybe some of you think so, but I don't think so. And I go to as many games as I can throughout the year. And me and my dad are trying to plan a trip in March. We can go to Florida for two days and see the spring training games. And I'll watch them on TV. And, man, I'm a fanatic, crazy about it. Uh, my wife bought me a chair from the old Yankee Stadium as a Christmas present. And, man, I'm all about the Yankees, right? But if that becomes number one in my life, if that becomes all I'm obsessed with, all I think about, all I focus on, I know it's a silly example, but you get what we're trying to teach here this morning, what the Bible is showing us, that I am lacking temperance. I am lacking spiritual discipline in my life. The sign of a mature Christian, the sign of a Christian who's taking the next step in their life is God is number one. There's nothing wrong with a career. There's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing wrong with saving your money and trying to provide for your family. But if, all of, all, if you're all about is working up and the next promotion and a hobby or a sport or music or whatever it is, then you're lacking spiritual maturity. You're lacking spiritual growth. Peter says the sign of a spiritual Christian that's growing, that's looking to take the next step in their life is they display temperance, spiritual discipline to keep everything else under control and to make sure that Christ is the priority in their life. The relationship with Jesus Christ is preeminence above everything. And that is the sign of a mature, growing Christian. He says, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, and to your knowledge temperance. And though notice this, number four, he says, add to your temperance patience. Now this can be a challenging one, a hard one. Patience in this context almost means like a perseverance. One commentator put it this way, it's the state of endurance or contentment through the situations and circumstances of life without violating the other virtues God has commanded us to do. For example, if you're saved here this morning and you go to work in your workplace, they know you're saved, they know you're a Christian, they know you're a believer, and maybe they begin to uh, mock you or they throw jokes at you or they'll begin to maybe say things, whatever. Patience is endurance and saying, hey, I'm not going to let that rattle me. I'm going to lean on God, I'm going to be content, I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to practice patience. But also in another context, and in a very difficult one, patience is enduring and leaning on Christ throughout the trials and tribulations that life is going to throw our way. You see, the sign of a mature Christian is when trouble goes, comes your way, and obstacles come your way, and they're going to. I told the teenage guys this morning, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's not always easy. And they're going to come your way, things that are going to be very challenging. And patience is during those times not saying, oh, God must not love me. God must not care about me. I'm going to quit on God and quit on church. What's going on? I'm going through this hard time. I'm done. No, patience, the sign of a mature spiritual Christian says, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? I'm going to endure. I'm going to show contentment. I'm going to lean on you. This past year, our sister church in Heritage Baptist Church in Wallingford, Connecticut, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half from here and. Growing up in this church, I was there a lot, and I'd go to youth conferences and go to rallies there, and me and Kath, pretty much besides this church, grew up there. She went to school there for elementary and uh, elementary grades, and Pastor Tom Bish, who's preached here before, and his wife Trina and their family doing a great work for God, and God is blessing their church, and God is just using them in a great way, just an awesome family that loves the Lord, and if you meet them, the most sincere Christians you'll ever meet. And a little over a year ago, Mrs. Bish, out of nowhere, is diagnosed with a terminal aggressive brain cancer. And most Christians, you step back and look and say, God, what are you doing? Man, they're living for you. They're 
building a church that are making a difference. Why is this pastor's wife who's trying to make an eternal impact get diagnosed with, man, the most aggressive cancer and given months to live? But I promise you, as I sat back and many of you watched throughout 2017, watched that family go through, and yeah, they had hard times, and yeah, they shed tears, and yeah, there were struggles. But if you ever talked to them, and if you ever saw them, or if you ever heard them speak, they would stand up behind the pulpit and say, God is good. God is good. What is that? That's the, Messiah, the sign of a mature Christian who, throughout the tribulations and hardships of life, they're content and enduring through Christ because they have a strong relationship with him. That is the sign of taking the next step. In June of this past year, Mrs. Bish stood right behind this pulpit and gave one of the most powerful testimonies as she knows she has months to live and not complaining and not crying and not throwing a pity party, but saying, hey, God is good. He knows what he's doing. He's in control. That's a Christian who's mature and patient and enduring through Christ in the hard times. And sure enough, this past November, she passed away. And yeah, their family is, I'm sure, going through a hard time and they have their moments. But Pastor Bish is up behind his pulpit this morning preaching the word of God. His family is still serving God. They're still content. God is good. In fact, they came out with t-shirts that they were giving away saying, God is good. The the sign of a mature Christian that's growing in grace, taking the next step, is showing patience and endurance through the difficulties and tribulations of life. Notice, number five, the Bible says, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness. What is godliness? Godliness can be defined as many things, but what I wrote here is godliness is a Godward attitude. Pastor Wilkerson preached all the time in college. He's preached behind our pulpit before, and he would always say this. Godliness requires a devoutness to God. It's not a part-time job, he would say. Again, I'm speaking to you this morning. If you're serious about growing in grace, if you're serious about taking your Christian faith to the next level and growing and making this thing the real deal, I'm speaking with you. If you don't have a, an urge for that or a desire for that, then you can just listen in. But for those Christians who really want to grow in grace and really want to grow in their relationship with Christ, it's important you notice these things that the Bible teaches us. Godliness, a Godward attitude. Is the essential goal of your life godliness or eternal things or is it temporal things? Is all you're worried about money and a big house and vacation and success? And again, nothing wrong with that. But the mature Christian focuses not just on the temporal things, but also on the eternal things, the things that are going to last forever. The salvation, the salvation of their, of their family, the salvation of their friends, knowing their faith is in Jesus Christ, knowing they have a home in heaven, going out and telling people about Jesus and giving and teaching and showing kindness, godliness, having an attitude like Jesus Christ. Godliness can be defined also as the things that God tells us in the Bible that are important and prioritizes Those are the priorities in our life. He talks about soul winning. He talks about telling people about him. He talks about staying in church and reading your Bible and prayer. And godliness is making those things God prioritizes and making them our priority. Having a Godward attitude, the sign of a Christian who's growing in grace is godliness. Moving right along this morning, he notices the last two things. And godliness, brotherly kindness. He says brotherly kindness. Talking to the church this morning. Do you receive others the way Christ has received you? Do you treat your fellow Christians of Northeast Baptist Church or wherever you belong or whoever, do you treat them with love and respect? Not judging them, not talking about them, but showing a sincere brotherly kindness. That's the sign of a mature Christian. One who treats everyone with love and maturity and respect. 
The Christians who go around and talk about each other, who, who are, are upset with people and, and gossip, that's going to do no good to the work of God. That's a sign of a shallow, watered-down Christian who hasn't got things settled in their life. But a Christian who's growing, who's striving to take the next step, brotherly kindness to everybody, to anybody that walks in the doors of these church. But then that goes right along with this. And I want to take a couple minutes here. He says, lastly, charity. Charity. You say, well, I look at that, Zach, and I know charity. Okay, you're talking about love. Well, in this context, and I talked about this a little with our bus workers and soul winners yesterday in our 10 o'clock meeting, our 1030 meeting. But charity in this context, in my opinion and study, it's a little different than just saying, okay, have love. All right, that's it. Wrap it up. That's a sign of a mature Christian. It's interesting. He makes this the last thing. Charity, for example, is there's two different people in my life. There's somebody who I love. Maybe they're a family member, and I care about them, and I'll do anything I can for them. And then there's another person who maybe is not a family member or not a friend. And to be honest with you, we all have human nature. There's people we just don't like. I don't like that person. I think they've done my family wrong. They've done me wrong. I think negative thoughts. It's very easy to pass judgment on them. It's very easy to criticize them. And that's just human nature for being honest with ourselves. There's people we love. There's people we care about. There's people we'll do anything for. And then there's people who, ah, just, that guy's just aggravating. And it's very easy to pass judgment on them. Well, what's charity this morning? Charity is taking the person here that you love, that you respect, that you'll do anything for, and taking the person that's down here that you really pass judgment, not much to do with, and the mature Christian takes that and charity levels the playing field. Charity levels things and says, hey, I'm going to love everybody. My family members, my church members that I love and they're easy to get along with, I'm going to love them as much as the person that might find very annoying and aggravating. Spiritual maturity exemplifies charity, love for any, everybody. It completely levels the playing field. There's no favorites. There's no, I'm going to talk to this person and not talk to them. I'm going to love this person and not love them. I'm going to not pass judgment on them, but I'm going to pass judgment on them. No, charity, you're growing in grace. You're taking the next step, and it levels the playing field. Why? Because that's how Jesus Christ sees us. Thank God when Jesus Christ came down to earth and he died on that cross, there wasn't some people that were up here and some people were down here. But no, he exemplified charity, and we were all on an equal playing field. And he said, any of you that want to accept me, any of you that want to put your trust in me, you can find faith and hope and peace and love in me. Praise the Lord for Jesus Christ and that he loved us and that when he came to earth, he looked and he saw an equal playing field. There is no favorites. There's no elect that you can go to heaven, but you can't. I can help you, but I can't help you. No, Jesus Christ had a level playing field. And when he sees people on this earth, he doesn't think more of me because I'm up here preaching and have a tie on and, and work at a church than he thinks of a little kid who rolled the bus by himself down in junior church this morning. No, he thinks all of us the same. And he loves all of us the same. And Peter says, if you want to take that next step in your Christian faith, if you want to walk and be a mature Christian, then you need to exemplify charity in your life. And that's a hard one. That's one that we need to work and that we need to grow and ask God for help with because it's very hard when dealing with people to level the playing field like that. But thank God that's what Jesus Christ did for us when he died on that cross. And then notice in verse 8, if you're in first, Second Peter chapter 1 still, notice what he continues on to say. He says, For if these things be in you and abound, 
They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're practicing these things, if you're growing, if you're taking the next step, you're going to be effective for Jesus Christ. Your relationship with Jesus is going to grow. The more you know him, the more you realize you need him. And then he says in verse 9, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. That does not sound like a very effective Christian living the victorious Christian life. Verse 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you this morning have a desire to grow in your faith, if you have a desire to say, hey, I've just been coming on Sunday mornings or Sunday school, but I want to take that next step. I could have got up here this morning and said, all right, try to come to Sunday night church. Get involved in the ministries of our church. Ask pastor how you can be a member of our church. Get involved in a Sunday school class. All practical, good things. But the first step is to see what the Bible says about growing in grace and taking the next step. And all these things could be a 45-minute sermon in themselves. But if you take the time to look and to study these and see what Peter is talking about and what God is teaching us through his word, they can be challenging. They can be tough. But what does he say in, first, in that verse number 10? It's going to be worth it. You're going to be an effective Christian that's growing and that's making a difference for the Lord. I tell you what this world does not need. It does not need any more watered-down Christianity. It does not mean, need Christians who they believe one thing and they live the other. If we're going to make a difference in Danbury, if you're going to make a difference in your family, in your marriage, in your relationships, with your kids, in your job, whatever you want to fill in the blank, then we need to be growing in grace. We need to be growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be constantly trying to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And we're never going to be perfect and we're never going to arrive somewhere until Jesus Christ comes down. Why? Because we still have this flesh that we have to battle with. But Jesus is looking for a Christian this morning who's looking to grow in their faith, and he will help you every step of the way. I challenge you this morning, look at those things, look at those thoughts, and see what God has put on your heart. Now, if you're here this morning, I opened up the message and I said, add to your faith. If you're here this morning, you can't take those next steps until you've taken that first step. Faith is the foundation. Faith in Jesus Christ is what we build our Christian lives on. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you've never put your faith in him, I challenge you this morning, settle that before you leave this morning. Settle that before you leave this parking lot. Settle that before you leave this building. Know that Jesus Christ loves you and he wants to use you and he wants to help you and give you peace and joy and contentment and strength in your life. I can tell you this, you're not going to find peace, you're not going to find happiness, you're not going to find contentment in anything else in this world. But Jesus Christ offers that to you if you put your faith in him. Let's stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed.